Welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, episode 56. Jordan Lorenz is gone. He is in Texas. He's actually at the new Globe Life Field in Arlington. So, you know, he's having a time of his life there. But we're still bringing you a Monday episode. I, myself, your host today, Drew Skyberg. I'm joined alongside my co-host today, Luis Bocanegra. So, Luis, how are you doing today? Doing great, Drew. Thanks for having me aboard, buddy. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this. You know, I've known you for a while now, and it's great we can have you on for an episode here of the Sports Crew. With that, let's get right into this. Let's do this. And, uh, yeah, I just got to go through some announcements. You got to subscribe to the YouTube here, Jordan Drew, the Sports Crew. That's on the YouTube. You know, we post all of our episodes there. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore Sports Crew. Got to follow us there as well. And then Twitter, JD Sports Pod. So with that, we got to give our shout out of the week. So we do this every week. Lewis, we, we go through and we um, shout out someone, you know, who, who did something great in sports the past week. We usually keep it, you know, regional where we are in Wisconsin. So with that, it goes to Joe Garceau. That's the head coach of the Roncalli Jets. He was named in the state of Wisconsin, the AP coach of the year. So that's, you know, quite an award considering division four school getting that recognition compared to those other D1 schools. Like, as I said, this was a whole state award, regardless of division and rightfully so considering how he led his Jets team over the Milwaukee Academy of Science Nova's in the championship. I know many of them had them as an underdog and you might see Joe Garceau on the show in the upcoming weeks. We're working something out. Hopefully it works out. And yeah, with that, lose our next segment here, the stats of the week. Um, we, we just go through some stats and yes, there are a lot of more college basketball related this week. No, no really baseball. So first, were you, were you able to catch any, you know, of the March Madness? Gotta be honest. I don't watch college basketball and you know, that's okay. That's okay. But I got some stats for you. I got some NBA and college basketball. So let's get into them here. So last night, so this would have been Saturday night. The Warriors trailed the jazz by 16 points with eight, eight minutes remaining. And entering the day, the Golden State Warriors were 0-432 when trailing by 16 with fewer than eight minutes to play over the last 25 seasons. They're now 1-432 as the Jazz blow their third 20-point lead of the season. It's crazy how many blown leads you will see in the NBA. Next stat here. Last night, so this is also a Saturday night one, KD had 55 points on 28 field goals attempted while Kyrie attempted 32 field goals. It's the first time a 50-point score did not attempt the most field goals on his team since 2012 when Durant himself had 51 points on 28 field goal attempts. And then Russell Westbrook had 29 field goal attempts. So, you know, KD, it seems he's had, had two teammates there who have taken more shots than him but scored less points in his big games. Next one here, North Carolina, the Tar Heels. They are back in the title game for the first time since reaching back-to-back national championships. In 2016 and 2017, the Tar Heels are the first team to reach three national title games in a seven-year span since Kentucky went to three straight in 96 to 98. So yeah, congrats to the Tar Heels there. And then I got I got two more here. I got and they're they're both with college basketball. We'll briefly talk about it in the, in the first part of the weekly sports talk, and then we'll go right to our baseball stuff. Of course, Caleb Love. He is on the tear of his life. Love's 28 points tonight, which would have been last night, are the most by a North Carolina player. In a final four game since big game, James, James Worthy, he scored 28 in the 1982 national championship and loves three high scoring games this season. have all come in the NCAA tournament. What a great time for those. And last one here, 
North Carolina, they took down Duke last night in an instant classic. It was a wonderful game. And then what happened was it ended Coach K's era. You know, it ends with 100 games between those two rivals at each team 150. Talk about an even match. And then here's one of my, you know, one of the statements or one of the segments here, Lewis, that I love. It's called On This Day in Sports History. We go through, we look at things that occurred on this day, which would have been April 4th, today, that Monday. And that's, these are like things that happen on this day that are just, you know, something we, we found interesting. So let's get into them. As I said, on this day, April 4th, 2022 is the date. 1911, Hugh Chalmers, an automaker, he suggested the idea of the baseball MVP. And Lewis, what a great idea, right? The automaker has suggested that idea of all people. It's amazing. Yeah, that's that was something that we needed. And, you know, give start accolades because there weren't really other leagues doing accolades back then because, you know, basketball not being really around yet, like the NBA itself and then the NFL being fairly new, if not, you know, getting to being formed. So it's good to see there. And then in 1948, 84-year-old Connie Mack, he challenged 78-year-old Clark Griffith to a race from home to first base. It ends in a tie. So two um, elderly men racing to first. Something. Did they have the ambulances ready, you think? I, they, they had to have. I mean, this is something. I don't know, like, why, how this stuff makes the website. You know, like, who, who documents this stuff? That's my question. Yeah. On this day in 1974, Hank Aaron, he ties Babe Ruth's home run record by hitting his 714th in Cincinnati, facing Jack Billingham. And then 1986, Wayne Gretzky, he sets the NHL record with the 213th point of the season. And then 1988, largest crowd, it was a whopping 55,438 people were at an opening MLB opening day game at Cincinnati's Riverfront Stadium with a Reds win over St. Louis, the Cardinals, in 12 innings, 5-4 to four was the score. And then 1994, the largest opening day crowd at Yankee Stadium was 56,706. So they packed Yankee Stadium, Lewis, for sure. Yeah, they don't get anywhere near close to that number anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, and that was the old Yankee Stadium, too. So throw that out there as well. But, yeah, let's get now into the weekly sports talk. Um, like I said, I'm going to briefly mention the NCAA tournament stuff as, you know, final four was Saturday. We saw Kansas. They took care of Villanova. No problem. 81 65. They were went off 10 to run to start the game. And yeah, they, they've had full control of that game. All the, all Jayhawks all the way. Colin Gillespie's great career ends with a 17 point outing. But yeah, David McCormack was uh, the story of that game for the Jayhawks 25 and nine for him. And, yeah, Kansas, they are marching to the championship game. I know Jordan Lorenz had him them winning it all, so good for him. It looks like he's going to do very well in the bracket pool if they win. He's going to probably win it even, so that's a nice payout for him. And then, yeah, like I said, the Tar Heels, they end, they end Coach K's career there with that thrilling four-point when that game was back and forth the whole way. It was a real true chess match, right? And then seeing, you know, first coach Hubert Davis, first-year coach, make it to the championship game with that squad. I mean, his team's playing phenomenal right now, the best basketball they've played all season long. They got hot at the right time. We see that, you know, baseball, the Braves, talk about getting hot at the right time, make it to the World Series, win it. And you just see that in sports sometimes, especially in these one-game tournaments, like do or die, right? So now we get to see a Kansas-North Carolina championship, and that is tonight at 8.20 p.m. So. Make sure to watch that central time. Keep in mind as well. That's on TBS. So that'll be a good game. And 
that's the brief talk I wanted to do because we got a lot of baseball here, Lewis. So, you know, enough of me talking all the way here. We'll, 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 we'll get into some baseball now. We that's, that's where both of us got to talk about this stuff because we, we got to talk about everything here. We got to talk about the playoffs. We've talked about the season as a whole. We have to talk about all the new, you know, new rules and such. And yeah, with that, the CBA, I think that's the first thing I want to start here. Universal DH, Lewis, you like? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, we already get all these just really bizarre injuries with pitchers to begin with. This hopefully will lessen it to some degree, but it's uh, it's been a long time coming. And plus, it gives basically the aging, unathletic guys, you give them an extra lease on life with their career. So I think it's definitely uh, good news for everybody. Yeah, as a Brewer fan, um, we've had pitchers actually get hurt a lot over the years. We had a guy tear his ACL, I believe. That was a pitcher. He's a pitcher. Uh, well, well, I'm not sure who it was, but Junior Guerra had a severe injury once. Freddie Peralta got injured. Uh, we've had Brandon Woodruff, I believe, has had an injury before hitting Corbin Burr. Like, everyone's gotten hurt before, you know, trying to swing a bat for the Brewers. And it's just, it's something that many were not a fan to see because we've in past have had slugging pitchers such as Giovanni Gallardo and then. Also, like Woodruff having that home run off Kershaw. There is some opposition, but it's good for baseball. I, I do agree. And it's good for the Brewers, right? You know, it lets them get a guy like Andrew McCutcheon. Signing a guy like him really opened that door because they already had five outfielders. Now they can kind of pass with one of them as a DH. So I, I like the move for the Brewers. I like it for the NL. I know you being, like I said, a Yankee fan, doesn't really matter, but... I was going to mention, we had uh, two pitchers right out the top of my head. I can think of Chimay Wong's career ended because he was on the bases running. He was never the same after he hurt his foot, basically, I think, crossing whole plane. And Tanaka pulled both hamstrings running the bases. So even the AL teams, man, it's, it's been annoying. That's another reason I just really wanted to see this DH institutionalized soon. So, Oh, yeah, you're right with interleague. I guess that's still a point. Like, I mean, there's still pitchers in the AL that have to hit, even though, like, um, some say like they haven't hit in the American League. It's been since 1973. It just depends with interleague, what park they were at, is how it worked. If it's the NL park, no DH, AL park, DH. But now that's gone, and I like the move. A move that or something that not a lot of people are talking about. The 2023 schedule, Lewis. I don't know if you saw this. They plan to make it more NBA like, where you're going to have a series against every team in both leagues. It sounds like. I don't oh know yeah, I love it. That. I love it yeah. too. I mean, it's I love it. It's what we need to see. We'll see Brewers, Yankees. We'll see that. You know, every year probably now is what it sounds like after this year. Uh, much needed, right? I mean, now you'll see, you'll see. You know, some squads that like some good rivalries. I think is going to be something. I'd love to see Brewers Rays duke it out in three games. I think that'll be a good series. You know, two small market squads, and then yeah, you'll just see you'll see like Yankees Dodgers. You know, you still be, see big markets go at it every year as well. I think that's. Much needed, you know, for baseball. A one move. See, I'm not a fan of this, and I've talked about it a lot on this show, Lewis. The expand postseason uh, to 12 teams. I'm just not a fan of it. I, you know, how how they ended up making it work. I don't. Have you looked into like how it's how it's going to be formatted? Uh, Got to be honest, not really. I just know, like you mentioned, the amount of teams that's going to be in it. All right. But I know the the wild card thing is over, right? The tie. Let me explain. Yep. Tiebreaker is over game. One sixty threes. No more how it works. So we got, I'm going to try to, you know, make visualize this as much as I can possible. So you got, you know, your three division winners, right? Uh, Division winner one with the best record gets the one seed division winner two with the best second best record gets the two seed division winner three with the third best record gets the third seed. And how that works is one and two get buys 
the third seed has to play in a wild card round. So you win your division, you have to play in a wild card round. The wild card round consists of it's a three game series, and with that, there are three wild card teams. Uh, four seed, five seed, six seed based on records, right? So the three is going to play the six, the four is going to play a five, three game series. And then the, the seed with, so for, for example, the four seed is going to host the five seed for three games. The third seed is going to host the six seed for five games or for three games. My bad, both three game series winners of both. Uh, there's no reseeding. Keep that in mind as well. So if the six beats the three in the three game series, the six is going to play the two. Is how that works. The six does not play the one. No reseeding. I don't like that. I think there should be reseeding in that to make it more, you know, maybe reward the one seed more. But I don't like the idea of a third seed having to play in a wild card. It doesn't make sense. You win your division, you play a wild card. Do not like. Right. I was thinking off the top of my head, I'm like, wait a minute. So it'd be three tops and they'd all, you know, it'd be for a division winner for each division, right? So what, it's it's two and then the, I guess, the rest of the four wild cards is how you're explaining it? Yep, yep. Two, two teams for sure get a divisional round, and then four teams are thrown in a wild card. They can never, I mean, I've been watching baseball for over 20 years. They can't basically make the division really mean anything the way it should over the course of 162 games. And, and my it's got a little bit better what you explained, but it's, it's yeah. still not, there's no incentive to really win a division. No, like, I don't even like the bye week, man. I mean, it's going to make teams go cold if they're going into the postseason. Um, hot, for example, it only hurt. It only helped the teams that are really like actually need the rest if they're like bombarded with injuries. So it's yeah, not a full I, advantage, in my opinion. I don't. I don't. I'm not really a big fan of how how this expanded playoffs is. My whole thing is you you add more teams to the playoffs. Baseball being a 162 game season, you can't do it because it. The more teams that make the playoff or make the playoffs, the less it incentivizes or it makes or values the 162 game season, right? Because in a 10 team playoff, those games matter even more as, you know, less teams make the playoffs. For example, I like to point this out because how, how it works now, um, you know, adding an extra team, we would have saw 84 or 85 when teams make the playoffs. That's not, that's not a playoff team in my eyes. You can't be winning 84 games, you know, and making the playoffs that that's just not 84 and 78. That's not, that doesn't scream a playoff record to me, you know? Yeah, they're compromising the integrity of the game for more ratings, basically. I mean, yep. it's not as bad as the NBA, but that's essentially what they're doing. Exactly. That's And my fear is they're going to get to the NBA level, right? At the NBA level, at point 20 teams make the playoffs. Come on. Come on. Like, that's 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 not sports. That, that, that's just, you know, monetizing a game at that point, I feel. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. And I, I, I'm glad, uh, you know, I saw 14 teams was what MLB wanted. And that's, you know, talk about integrity of the game like there's no integrity there right i mean uh but i I can live with 12 i just think like you mentioned you know winning the the division like you have these guys rest for example the brewers they win the division last year rested guys did that you know their spot was locked in look what they did in the playoffs or look what they didn't do right i mean they got they got they got taken care of by the braves in four games offense went cold um not really you know not not a great series whatsoever for the brewers um and yeah, baseball is the one sport where unlike NBA and football, you, you don't need rest. Rest can hinder your team. It can take away the momentum. It, that's, that's what it, you know, it's done that for the Brewers squads. That's why I'd rather have them. And I don't want, I don't want to say it like this, but like, I'd rather have them, you know, play in that wildcard series as a three, maybe be the worst division winner because, you know, talk about momentum, especially with that, with that rotation. Right. I mean, if you get these guys going, I, I think, I think that's going to be the way to go, at least like hosting three games. And then, but 
we'll wait and see, you know, home field advantage still is nice. Of course, being a one or two, but you know, we, we saw the, I, I like to point with, look what the Atlanta Braves done. Look what the Washington nationals did in the last, you know, 162 game seasons. Uh, they didn't need, you know, they didn't need home field advantage. Look at that. Look like they, they took care of teams. They were hot and they got the job done. So um, I, I think, you know, it's been proven in past years that, you know, having those big, you know, big seasons, you know, doesn't mean much. It, it, obviously it still matters, of course, but like, you know, these teams that have won, you know, 90 games you know, can beat the, can beat a squad with 105 wins. It's just how it is. Right. And that's the beauty of baseball. True gauntlet. But yeah, if you're a, you know, like, let's say a twins fan or whatever, I guess you'd be happy. And cause you know, if your team gets in, you can't, you could win the world series. Like you mentioned, it's not like the other sports in the NBA, that 20th team or whatever you mentioned has no chance, dude. They're just yeah. there just to be there. But in baseball, you <laughs> yeah. can do that. I, I remember the old six Cardinals, man. That was a, a completely trash team. And they won the World Series. They beat the Tigers with the loaded squad with Scherzer and Verlander. So, yeah, I guess that's where baseball kind of has the advantage there. You're spot on. I, I love that example. That's one, you know, not always brought up 06, you know, that, that squad, especially because was it Edgar Renteria won World Series MVP? I, I guess I don't. Oh, no, no. that He was 97 with the Marlins. But, yeah, that was whatever. It, it just is still my point, you know. Right. They were anything, can happen, anything can happen. And that's. That's how, how this can happen. The 2011 Cardinals as well, wild card team, winning it all just to throw out. I mean, baseball is the sport where, like, like you just said, to you know, rehash your point. I mean, this, this happens, and it's, it, it's the beauty of the sport, and that's why expanding it only makes it even crazier. But at the same time, you know, we could have, we could have an 84-win team, a team that might not even make the postseason in some years, win the World Series. I, I don't like that idea. I think you know, teams that deserve to make the playoffs – um, de- deserve to have a shot to win the World Series at the end of the day. And I don't think, you know, those extra two teams deserve to be in the playoffs. And we'll see, but uh, talk about other ones. Uh, the Shohei Otani rule, um, that's one I-, I don't know if you've seen yet, but basically if you're pitching um, and you can exit the game and stay in as a DH and then vice versa. So um, you can come in. I believe you can come in. Like you can DH and then come in to pitch. And- Does that make them lose a DH spot? I th- do that. I think so. I'm not okay. sure because there's the rule is worded very interesting. They just call it the Shohei Otani rule because of the, the wording's funky to me. I want to see it play out before I can, you know, see how it works. But basically, it lets you know it, it incentivizes guys like Shohei Otani, right? And the, this this rule obviously gives the Angels, you know, the benefit of the doubt as Otani being like one of the only guys who. There's this two-way player, right? So um, that's something to keep in mind. And yeah, I mean, other other rule changes. We saw second base. That's that stays. Um, do you like that? Do you like the extra inning second base? I hate it. The ghost the runner guy. Yeah, I yep. hate I hate that crap, man. They, that needs to be a twelfth to thirteen. I don't know why they're just doing that right after the night. It takes away home field advantage as well. It's just to me, it's really dumb to do it that way. Yeah, and I. I I don't like the idea of taking away home field advantage. That's just, that's, yeah, that, that, I don't know. With the playoffs, too, it just. I can't get anybody to explain to me why that rule is approved. Because when you think about it, it's going to extend the game. You're not shortening the game. You're giving that other team an opportunity to tie right away without just. I, I, can give you, I can give you the best explanation possible. It's more action. They want more, more runners. They want more runs being scored, more runs generated, more offense. Oh, okay. I thought they did that just to end, like, because the games are getting too long. Oh, that too. But the the indirect, the indirect option, or 
that I think is more important is you're getting more more hours to score. Uh, we're seeing like they'll score two runs, they'll score two runs. Then in the in the bottom of the tenth, and then we we put up a one spot in eleven. They put up a one spot. You know, it's it's involving more action pay action and in a sport that you know doesn't have that action compared to NBA or or NFL. I think that's kind of what they're trying to do there. Right. But, gotcha. You know, in the game, I always forget about that rule. So when something happens, I'm like, oh, those are runner on second. That always happens to me, man. That's that's something I can't really just accept as a normal thing, even though it's, no, it's going to be ongoing from here on out. And like you said, watching baseball for how long you have, I, I think that's a completely fair way to look at it. Right. But uh, let's talk, you know, about some teams now. So we got most of the rule changes out of the way. I know there's some other ones, but we've talked about those in prior episodes. Let's talk about some divisions here. We're going to start in the AL East, you know. Keep it interesting. And I got, you know, some standings projections, uh, but I, I don't need them. I want to talk about who I think is going to win the, the AL East and, you know, how we think it's going to shape up. I'm going to go first, too. I think this is the Yankees division to lose. I think they've, you know, the improvements they've made, I mean, health-wise. I think once, you know, judges extended, I think once we get that out of the way, um, I you know, I like this squad. I just saw they made a move to with the Mets. You know, if you want to touch on that, but. Uh, uh, you said they made a trade with the Mets. Yeah, they did. Like when? Like a minute ago? No, like this morning. As, I didn't as know of, this. As All of right. Sunday morning, we're recording here. Mets and Yankees do a little trade. We'll talk about it in a sec. But All right, um, beautiful. Yeah, New York, and I got New York winning this division. Um, I I don't per- particularly think it's going to be close, and I, I know that's what you want to hear, but. I, I so truly, you're the only person that has said that out of everybody I I've talked to. I <laughs> truly think this division is theirs to lose because Boston, I I still don't like that story signing. I know that people have raved over that ballpark. You know, he's going to be in that ballpark and he got that long-term deal. Boston, for me, I don't, they're lacking some pieces for me. I do like some guys out that they have in the rotation. Sale worries me, of course. Tanner Houck, though, is the guy who I think is going to be a problem, you know, if you're starting him. Um, but I know Toronto is mentioned as that main challenger, but I got, I don't know how this team's going to fare. I've, obviously they have, I think they might have the best offense in, in the AL East, but complete team wise, I think, you know, the Yankees, I still, you know, Garrett Cole, um, one thing that worries some people, which I'm not particularly worried of this is the whole sticky stuff situation. We saw Garrett Cole's spin rates go down, uh, through this. And then they, apparently they increased a little bit. So now, um, at word around town says the um, crackdown on sticky stuff is going to be increased. They're going to be checking pitchers more in 2022. So, uh, Lewis, what do you think about the AL East? I look, I'm with you. I've had, like I mentioned with you earlier before we uh, started the show, I've had a lot of nice little fun conversations, arguments with Blue Jays fans. And, you know, the, the media isn't helping, man. The media, I mean, think Buster, only a couple other people like that, really important people that report on base. So they picked the Blue Jays to win the World Series. And, they're pumping the fans up. To me, it's it's really just unwarranted. I guess it's maybe because of the Guerrero hype. But if you look at that team up and down from a pitching standpoint, they have a lot of flaws. They have prospects who flamed out. So this team, to me, shouldn't be a team that should be picked to win the World Series outright. To me, they're essentially a wild card team. I'm not trying to be mean. That's, that's where I have them. I have them right. as wild card one or wild card two right now in my playoff rankings. Uh, yeah, you mentioned some guys, you know, one guy, Jordan Romano, who's been great. I, I really like him out of the bullpen, but 
you know, Nate Pearson was the guy they were hyping up for years and yeah, flamed out, flamed out. Talk about, you know, wow. Uh, he fell off. Uh, engine reuse definitely do for a, you know, bounce back. But other than that, I mean, Barrios, that's going to be like, he's going to be a solid player. I don't know how Gosman's going to pitch now in this division. I mean, that's, there's some questions. Kikuchi is another one. I, how, how is I he going to Do perform? you want him and Ryu facing Stan, uh, no, Judge, no. and all these dudes? Like, I mean, you got to be but logical about this. I, I do like Barrios and Manoa. Both of those, though they can stay healthy. They do have, you know, some nice value there. Those two guys are, you know, a, a nice combo. But I just, this division, I give them second place in the division. But I, you know, Matt Chapman, he's flamed out offensively these past few years. I, people are acting like it was Josh Donaldson they got when they got him. Like, I, I'm sorry, it's not. But, um, you know, Bichette still, you know, they still have some great players, of course. I'm not trying to, you know, hate on them at all. But Bichette, you know, is going to put up some great numbers. Vlad Guerrero Jr., of course, Tasker Hernandez, George Springer, Lourdes Guriel Jr. Like, all these guys are going to put up great numbers. But they're going to have probably, like I said, the best offense in the AL East, maybe in best offense in the AL, definitely for sure to compete in baseball with that as well. But I just don't see, like you mentioned, this pitching bullpen's going to be a little concerning for me. Um, but we'll wait and see. Dude, on this that guy stuff. was telling me Julian Merriweather, and I'm like, he's pitched oh. two innings in like three years. That's that's the guy you're telling me. <laughs> that's your bullpen, Pete. Like th- these guys can't give me concrete answers. That's that's the problem I have. There's no like, just you know, if you mention, let's say somebody like Devin Williams, like you guys have a hater, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, great. Your bullpen's off. You don't have anybody close to that from what I'm looking at stats wise. Yeah. Uh, Romano's like that. Like I said, that one guy who, who they, they have that solid closer piece. I do like him a lot, but he got hurt, didn't he? Um, Somebody told me. Oh, interesting. But I, I still think, you know, throughout the season, 162 games, they still got him as a solid option. But yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, he uh, he had an ankle issue. OK, I'm reading okay. it right now. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to move though to the AL Central here. Uh, this is, you know, I'll say it, this is another team's division to lose Chicago White Sox. Uh, this is their division to lose. We've saw, um, I mean, there's some interesting, you know, developments, I think in this division, uh, we've seen Detroit. I want to throw them out. They've increased their win totals by a significant margin over these past two years. Uh, they went from, you know, losing, um, close to, you know, 110 games a few years ago to like, to now be, you know, nearly almost five, a 500 squad. So that's something to look out for. Maybe if they can make that leap, we saw Spencer Torkelson make opening day roster. So that's some big, big development in the AL Central. Uh, the big story with the Twins getting Correa, uh, that certainly keep in mind for this division. But yeah, like I said, the White Sox, you know, Luis Robert, uh, talk about a talent. Uh, he's a guy I'm, I have my eyes all over for this year. I think uh, he's going to have a big year um, from his, his, his first year last year and, uh, Correa, I, I don't know how that's going to work with the twins. We see them kind of going in. They, them for me, I don't, they're going to compete for that last wild card spot. I don't know if they get it based on other teams in the AL because I like the American League this year. It's very good. And, uh, you know, as it's, it's always been, it seems, it's always been a very good league. I think the twins are that perfect in between team. You know, to me, they should be selling, they shouldn't be in. But because of this future format that you mentioned, um, and I guess they could still be eligible for a, a wild card tiebreaker for this season only. They're just going to basically try to pretend like they're winning. But to me, they're, they're more pretenders than they are, you know, winners. So, like, you're right. The White Sox, all they need to do is stop getting Eloy Jimenez and stop reaching over those darn walls. That's it. Once they do that, he, he stays healthy. They can legit run away and party. They're going to have the yep. last month and a half off. That's how good they are in comparison to the rest of the division. One story, Garrett Crochet. Surprise. 
Garrett Crochet yeah, needs out. Tommy John. That's that's a devastating blow for the White Sox. But uh, them trading Kimbrel for Pollock, like the move for them. I, I think any guy like Pollock, I know uh, a guy who's gonna. I believe they have a he's a player option, so there's a chance he stays another year. And Kimbrel this was his last year, so shipping him off. Um, it, I think it worked out there for for the White Sox, but. This division, Buxton, we'll have to wait and see on him. Ramirez is waiting for an extension as well. Um, there's a few guys, like I said, waiting for extensions. He's one of them as well. Um, and, yeah, Detroit, they're going to be interesting. I think they they might, you know, some projections have them finishing last. You know, they, they made some signs. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, I like that signing for them. I know he like his numbers might not look great last year, but he got the money he deserved, I think, you know, pitching that ballpark is going to be big for him. Not pitching the AL East is going to be big for him. I think, I think he's going to have a great year um, with the Tigers and maybe bolster them to a third or fourth spot in the division. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. We're going to see him all year as well. Like there's a lot of talent on these squads and it's going to be interesting how this pans out, but yeah, White Sox and Minnesota might play a little spoiler. I don't think so there, but Ale West. Now we'll go to here. Um, this division, it gets a little interesting. Look at all the great moves Seattle's made. Are they legit? We don't know. L, the Angels, they're definitely due. Rendon's back. Uh, Otani is, you know, going to do Otani things. And we have to see if Trout can stay healthy. I mean, those are the stories in the Ale West. Then Houston losing Correa. But, you know, keeping those other guys. And Houston just, they, they, they have their guys. Verlander, I, I'm confident in Verlander. Um, and then the other, you know, Texas, look at all the spending they did, getting guys like Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. Uh, they they definitely, they're, they got to be competing. And then Oakland's trading everybody. Oakland's going to be the tank division, tank team in that division. So, you know, Lewis, you want to touch on any of the LS teams? Sure. I mean, to me, the Astros are going to, again, like the White House, are going to have a party. That, that's going to be such a, a runaway freaking, like, they're just too good. You know, it's nobody. I mean, the Mariners, to me, they still need a couple of big bats, not just one more big bat. And, you know, they have good young pitching. I do not believe in Kalinich. He's, to me, is incredibly overrated. He's underperformed again this spring. So, you know, people that are on that bandwagon, I don't see it. They need more big bats if they want to get anywhere near to what, um you know, the Astros are and win that division. What about, um you know, we saw them get Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker. I know um, Winker not being great against left-handed pitching. Do you think? You know, they have those guys, Ty France is a guy like Julio Rodriguez. I mean, there's they, they got some guys, I mean, coming up still. Uh, do you think, you know, those guys might be enough to get over the hump? Or what, what other big bats do you think they need to go out and grab? I think they need a proven big bat. Um, you know, I know Kellenich was the one they were banking on. And unfortunately, he hasn't developed as quick as they would hope. But uh, Eugenio Suarez, he's basically been Gary Sanchez the last two years offensively. His defense <laughs> has also gone down. So, again, I looked at his stats. Winkle, like you mentioned, as a platoon player, he can't play a lick of defense. So he won't play every day. You're not going to have his at-bats late in the games either. So, to me, they need – if they could develop an Alonzo or somebody like that or like a judge, that that's basically what they need if they want any chances. The Astros still have a really good farm team. They have a crap load of pitching. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I It gets tough for me because, like, they, they went out and grabbed Robbie Ray as well. I know that's just one starter. And their bullpen's been proven. Like I, Seattle's got some nice pieces in the bullpen that I feel, you know, might be undervalued. Um, I think Steckenrider. I believe he's yeah, they got of, Castillo too, right? And Castillo, yeah, they have they have some nice pieces, you know, with the Mariners in the pen, and just keep that in mind. Like this is this is a solid team overall, but you know if they're lacking, I, I guess you you could argue they're lacking one bat. It's certainly valid um, compared to you know squads like Houston or even Los Angeles. I think you know with 
I, I know there's questions with that pitching staff. I know, but that offense, uh, they, they, they're lacking, you know, some things in the ALS. So uh, Texas, like we said, what, what do you think about Texas? I want to hear your thoughts, you know, making all uh, these big moves and how is that going to, you know, equivalent to success? Is it going to, I think they're just going to be uh, last or, you know, fourth or whatever, man. They're, to me, they just made these signings just to sign. They didn't really improve the team at all. You're not going to get 40 home runs to the Simeon. Seager's is a really overrated player, in my opinion. Oh, he didn't yeah. even, I think, finish average defensively. He's not going to hit you 30 home runs. I don't know why they gave all this money to these people, aside from making the big signing and trying to, I guess, gain more attendance. That's all I can think of. But in terms of contending, to me, they're going to be last or close to last. I think expectations, new ballpark. You know, um, having money to spend, it was like we got to spend money. I, I, I think the ball, new ballpark was might have been a driving force here, but yeah, what what a weird time to try to compete for them. Um, uh, just compared, you know, the division because Seattle's better than them. Uh, Los An- even the Angels, I'd say, are better than them, and Houston's miles better than them, right? I, I think interesting by for them, but the AL is going to be interesting. I'm going to give my six playoff teams, and then I'll let you give your six playoff teams or at least throw some names out there. Um, I'll start. I'll say I'm going to give Yankees the one seed because, um, like, again, like, they barring injury or something, you know, extreme happens. This is this is their league, I think, right now. But um, I'll go two then. Uh, my second one being the second division winner, I'll go Houston. And I'll go White Sox three, so that puts them in the wild card. And then the first wild card team, I will go Toronto. I'll give them the four. And then I'll go... Um, I'm going to go Seattle five. I think they make it. And then I'm going to go the angels six. I'll say the angels sneak in over the, or over the Red Sox and then the twins. So I, I'm on the fence though with that one. It's either angels or Red Sox for that six spot. Gosh, I have the same picks as you, except I would replace uh, the angels with, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the tigers. I like I the be boldness. Honest, I like that manager. I like what they're doing. They're not, messing around like keeping people in the minors like the managers some of these other teams like the pirates again you know those extra years good. of control whatever they want to do they're they're they want to win they sign buys like you mentioned rodriguez is going to have a better year just because of the ballpark and better defense and you know a, a lesser division to be honest and i think that that could be enough man i really like that manager even in spite of what happened with the the scandal with the astros i think they have something yeah, going. aj aj yeah. hinge talk about a proven winner i mean i know I know what the whole sign stands up, but he's 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 been successful, and that's what you need. You need some great leadership, and you know I'm looking through some of the standings projections. Like I said, this is the, I'm using the top standings projection thing right now. They got him winning 67 games. Um, I, I I think that's a joke. Uh, like, I mean, they have the Angels winning 87, 88 here, winning five six more than the also the Mariners, which I disagree with as well. I mean, there there's some things on here. I just like to compare what I think to the to what the general consensus is with these standings. Cause you'll see a lot of people just use these standings and say they're winners. And I'm like, you can't do that. This is, this is baseball. Um, anything can happen. Right. So I guess with that point, let's go to the NL here and let's talk about the NL East. So this division's interesting. Um, I, there's a lot of interesting stories here. Uh, Philly uh, with them, you know, signing Castellanos Schwarber. Uh, I think they're going to lead the NL on home runs. I think they have the, you know, they have the pieces Harper, of course, as well. Uh, the Mets, look at the big moves they made. Mets are doing, you know, making those big moves. We talked about them. Eduardo Escobar was the first, you know, signing they did. And then they got like guys like Mark Canna. And then they made the big splashes in Scherzer and Marte. Um, but wow, a um, little unlucky there at the injury bug. I know you tweeted about DeGrom 
interesting story development nice. with him. Uh, but Atlanta, I'll talk about them as well. Acuna is coming back, getting Matt Olson. Um, we'll talk about that as well. Um, uh, but you know, though that the Atlanta in that division as well, a story, and then. Washington, they, it looks like they're going to be at the bottom, I think, you know, getting guys like Cruz. But Soto is going to put up, I think, a career year again. Miami, another one. Sandy Alcantara is another guy. I am I am like, he's going to do great things this year. He already did great things last year. And they have some good pieces too. Eduardo Cabrera, another one. I think Marlins can develop some nice pitchers. And I think that's going to stay true this year. What do you think about the NL East? Uh, definitely the Braves are going to run away. They're just, to me, that's probably the best team in baseball as an everyday team anywhere. You know, they're going to get Acuna back, I think, in May or June, like uh, you mentioned. So they don't have a lot of holes. Even if they get injuries, they have a top minor league system and they're, they have so much depth. They're, they're really covered in all facets. Uh, and unfortunately for the Mets, the Groms hurt. Uh, they pulled Scherzer with a hamstring injury or something, some kind of a yep. tenderness issue. So it seems like they can't get any breaks. And I kind of had them in my head as a wild card team, but if they, you know, them and the Phillies are the same. If they get hurt, they don't have the depth to withstand those injuries because they have a bottom tier farm system. So those two teams especially need to stay healthy. Um, Nationals rebuilding. Marlins. Um, I mean, if the Angels could swing a trade for one of those pitchers or two, that would help them, you know, with yes. that little wild card hunt. I mean, but we don't know what they're going to do now that Jeter's gone. So that that's up in the air with their new management. Exactly. That's a good, good points to mention there. The Mets, though, I... See, I have so many questions with this squad. They, they like their roster on paper. This team should be winning ninety games, but you you never know. I think with injury and Marte might be on a decline. I, I know Mark Hanna is perceived as an underrated guy who can get on base, but there's still some concerns with this squad. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I, I don't thought know. they needed another big bat. Yeah, at least one. Yeah. yeah, and you thought with you know Steve Cohen, you might have saw that, but I don't think Eduardo Escobar getting a, doing a sign like that is going to do it for me. Um, you know, watching him play with Milwaukee, uh, but uh, Atlanta certainly their their division here. Do you what do you think about Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman? Do you do you think I personally, you know, I think they made the smart business move here. I know it wasn't great for the fans. I know it wasn't great, you know, for the team. Like as I mean, it was great for the team, but it wasn't like great, you know, for the locker room. I'll say. So what do you think? Yeah, no, they did the right thing, like you mentioned. He's he's younger. Um, they pretty much, I think they're paying a less annual value than, um, yep. than Freeman's getting too, which is bizarre to me. So he took a friendly deal to come back home as well. The only negative I would say is, um, I've seen Olsen a lot and you can really neutralize him with good pitching. You can't do that to Freeman. Freeman can hit anything anywhere, off speed fast. So, but at the end of the day, they did the right move. Exactly. They had to let him go, man. He's 30. So. Yep. And he, the money he wanted, like, um, Chipper Jones, I, I he took that hometown discount that that was always brought up, you know, um, in the past. And uh, Freeman didn't do that. Freeman wanted thirty million. Uh, he wanted his contract, his demand stayed. And with that, you know, Atlanta had to make the, one of the tougher decisions. And I know the GM said that was the toughest decision he's ever had to make. And yeah, I mean, after winning the World Series, it's sad to see that move happen. But again, it was the right move. And let's talk about the NL Central. I love this for me. Um, wow, I I think you know. What a gift. And I might be eating my own words, you know, in September, but I think the Brewers might be in the worst division in baseball. And I love it for them. I think they're going to win. They're going to win this division by double digits. I'm going to go bold, say it right now. I think they're going to run away with this. I know you can never doubt St. Louis, but I just, I don't, I don't see it. You know, Poole, on his square. Well, he's not going to put up great numbers. Yadier Molina, come on. Um, and I don't think Wainwright's going to put up those numbers he put up last year. I don't, I think that's not going to happen. 
Flaherty, you still got to value Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson. All three of those guys, I think, are going to have big years. But team sport, team sport, and I don't think that's going to – I think that's going to you know hurt St. Louis. Alex Reyes is going to be out as well. Let me keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, Brewers, I'll talk, we talked about our Brewers on our season preview. Um, you know, Hader Williams, this Brewers team's hungry. I mean, you see it in spring, they are hungry. Uh, Mark, owner Mark Anasio has labeled this as the best group of athletes he's had in his time here. He's been there since 2005. So that, that you know, he puts, he set an exception to the 2011 squad, but I think, you know, they're very comparable to that. Maybe even, you know, might be just as well. I, I know offense, they don't let's say firepower, but top to bottom, this squad is, this squad's good. This is a nice Brewers team. And I, I got them. I got them as my two seed overall in the NL. So um, I'll talk about mine as well. Cincinnati's trading everyone. Chicago, I mean, we saw them pick up Stroman and Suzuki, which I do think Suzuki, I'll talk about my awards thing. I think he'll be getting some hardware. And then Pittsburgh, um, they have another guy who might get some hardware as well, an O'Neill Cruz, but they're starting him down in the minors to for service time. But we'll talk about how that'll work out for them. But I, I think that this division's the Brewers lose. Yeah, no question. I mean, even if you get a decent year from Yelich, you're still going to run away with it. So unless something catastrophic happens, that's you're pretty much the White Sox of the NL. With yeah, the NL I, Central, excuse me. It, projections have St. Louis as all four other teams except the Brewers under 500. So point that out. I'm like, oh, wow, uh, they give Brewers a 9% chance to win the World Series as well. I do like that. But um, I, uh, like I said, Brewers, I got them in this division. No problem. Let's talk NL West here. Um, this is got, this is an interesting division. Basically, the Dodgers. I think this is you know numbers don't lie. This is going to be the best team in baseball stats wise, or at least like they're going to be the best team in baseball. It seems record wise as well. Um, the moves they made, uh, their powerhouse. I mean, top to bottom, that whole lineup is scary, um, which is something you don't you don't see every day. Some people are comparing this to like the greatest teams that they've seen, like in the 21st century or even like ever lineup wise. I don't know what you think about that watching baseball for as long as you have, but I'll, I'll make sure you can address that. San Diego's going to be interesting. Uh, they certainly do. Tatis Jr. Being out. So story. Uh, I think this team is going to make, be the first wildcard team though. I'll give them that. Uh, San Francisco, Arizona, Colorado, you know, Colorado signed Bryant. I Bryant's there for the accolades to put up big numbers. Arizona's not going to compete. San Francisco's due for regression, uh, quite frankly. I, I don't see them putting the pace that they put up they did last year, but I still don't think you can doubt them out. Um, I, I still think they, they could win, you know, 80, 88 games, 89 games. I think they could be in the high 80s. I don't see the 78 wins that's projected here. I think that's really low. I think that's undervaluing them. But Yeah, no, the Giants to me are the rays of the NL. They have the secret sauce with analytics and this whole nerd group, and they're able to do things that you just don't see on paper. You don't see with your eyes, and that's that's what they're operating. So I definitely wouldn't count them out, uh, but definitely, obviously, the Dodgers, you mentioned. As far as having the best lineup I've ever seen, that still, to me, has to go to some of the great Yankee teams like 09 or um, the mid-'90s Indians, but they're still formidable. I just I have some questions about their pitching. I don't know why they say Andrew Heaney. I'm not in love with their bullpen, so I'm not – going to pick them as the runaway team of the major leagues but they're definitely going to finish as a top division uh, winner in the NL West. Padres to me they're that GM's a clown they're not going to go anywhere <laughs> they're still trying to trade Hosmer they're behind and they're really behind in analytics from what I've seen I've seen a couple of quotes from Kyle Quantrill talking about how they're still behind on 
the technological aspect when it comes to analytics. So to me, they're just there. Tatis is going to do his funny Tatis things. Him and Machado are going to fight. But other than that, they're they're not going to win. They're just there for entertainment value. <laughs> you Rockies know, are a joke for signing Brian too. So yeah, that's that's an easy division for the Dodgers. And you will see Machado and Tatis Jr. fight. Um, that's seems to be a classic, especially at the end of last year. Uh, wow, um, that that was talk about a collapse last year. That was that team finished under five hundred, I believe. Like I, unbelievable from the Padres there. I this team they they should be better than um you know they did last year. And we'll wait and see. The lineup on paper looks nice. Yeah, like you mentioned, that Hosmer situation is terrible. Um, uh, but. Hopefully they can get a trade. There's links to him in the Mets. Uh, sounds like Dominic Smith might be, you know, a piece they might throw in there. But yeah, the Mets turned it down from what I read. Yeah, that's what that's what I've I've seen. But um, that division I'm looking forward to, and I also want to just quickly mention that Mets and Yankees trade that uh, that occurred. It was um, a, who is it? It's Miguel Castro. Uh, Yankees receive for Yoli Rodriguez. Wow, so, that's definitely pro Yankees. That's I'm wondering why the Mets made that trade. I am not sure. Um, I like that, you know, getting Castro from I, we saw him go, you know, he was involved in a Tulowitzki trade um for Miguel Castro was, you know, to the Blue Jays, and then we saw him go to the Mets, and then boom, now he is with the Yankees. So interesting move there by the Mets. Um, so you like that trade for the Yankees? Definitely. I'm just like, I'm trying to understand why the Mets did it. Joe, I mean, Rodriguez is basically a one hitter type of pitcher. He's not even that good against lefties, to be honest. So that's kind of bizarre to me for you know, the Mets standpoint. But the Yankees did it because they traded a brave for a backup catcher Trevino from the Rangers. So they're just filling that spot. So I mean, that's a nice move by Cashman. So we did see that trade occur on Saturday. So uh, we'll talk now about NL. I'm going to give my playoff teams and I'll let you do it as well. Um, I'm going to go my one seed Dodgers, two Brewers, three winning the NL East. I got to give it to the Braves. I know World Series hangover is always a, a discussion, but I, I'll go Atlanta here. Uh, wild card one. So like that's the four seed then. This is where it gets interesting for me. I think, you know, it, it should be the Mets. You know, it should be. But if they do it, I, I think they'll be finished that first wild card squad. Five, I'll go San Diego. And then I'll say six. Uh, it puts me, I'm, I want to go Philly or I want to go San Francisco. Um, Philadelphia is due. I'll go San Francisco or I'll go Philadelphia. I'm going to say San Francisco misses the playoffs after that big year last year. Um, I think this team's due for regression, sadly, but I know that's what the general consensus is saying. So, uh, S- Lewis, what do you think here? Yeah, hey, my division picture the same as you, except for the wild card. I, I would throw St. Louis in there. I, I, I can't count them out. I like their young players. They have underrated pitching. So to me, them, the Giants, and again, if the Mets ever want to stay healthy, they'd be included in that as well. There's no other team that I can think of unless they just, you know, basically limp in there or something. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that as well. Uh, let's talk some award-winning predictions. We're going to give our predictions here. I'm going to write all these down, Lewis. So we'll go back to that at the end of the year, see how we did. Um, see if we're true, you know, baseball analysts here. Um, we'll start NL MVP. Uh, we're starting National League. I'm going Juan Soto of the Nationals. I know a last place squad, him winning it might be, you know, tough. But I, like I said, I think he's up a historic year, like he kind of did last year. I think he's going to repeat that, maybe even better numbers. And I got to go Soto. 
Yeah, that's an easy pick. I was thinking of taking Acuna. I think he's been hurt. He's a great player. You know, some immaturity at times, but he's got so much ability. I think he's got really something to prove. I think he's going to really light it up for the Braves whenever he uh, he gets back to the squad. We'll go with Acuna. Yeah, I think Acuna. You know, him coming back though, uh, he might be coming back a few weeks late. That might be that might hurt this squad, but. Uh, we'll wait and see on that one. So you got Acuna, right? Yeah. Acuna Soto for both of us then. Cy Young. This is where, you know, the ground going to be hurt. Does Burns repeat? I don't know. I want to say he does, but part of me wants to stick with the, the Brewers. Um, but I, I, I got to think about this one. I'm going to go and I will say Brandon Woodruff. I'm going to go with the second guy there, and I might know that might be bold. His underlying numbers in the second half weren't as great, but he's a workhorse. You're going to get 220 innings out of him plus, so he'll have the he'll have the workload. Uh, I don't know about if Burns will, but I'm going to go Wood, Burns repeating or Woodruff winning his first one is my pick here. I think I'm going to go with Zach Wheeler. I don't think that's a one-year aberration, kind of like Gaussman. I think he's figured something out, and I think he's, he's going to maintain it for a couple more years. I'm going to go with Zach Wheeler. Yeah, that's a good pick, too. I mean, both those guys, you know, put up big numbers last year. You know, are all the guys, Burns, Woodruff, I mentioned, Wheeler, you know, big strikeout numbers for all those guys. Pardon me, wanted to go Scherzer, but uh, it, the health stuff just concerns me now, even with him being day-to-day in spring training already. So we'll wait with that. Rookie of the year, um, big, because I wanted to go O'Neill Cruz. He's starting Same. down, but yeah. I, I still think he's going to go come up. But I'm going to go Seiya Suzuki of the... Chicago Cubs. I he's looked good in spring. I've liked what I've seen out of him, and I'm gonna go him for my rookie of the year. Gotcha. He's a right-handed hitter, right? He is. He is. Yes, I believe. Okay, I'm so good. Whenever they decide to call him Cruz and stop screwing him over, yeah, I'll, I'll take O'Neill Cruz. I, just, <laughs> I saw so much of him in spring training. I was so impressed with how much power he generates, and he can make contact. So, I mean, unless there's some other rookie I'm not thinking of or a surprise, I'm I'm gonna stick with O'Neill Cruz for that pick. And then manager of the year, you know, it might just go if if LA runs away with this. I know Dave Roberts might not be like a guy people love in the past, but I, I gotta give put some NL West award in here. I'm gonna go Dave Roberts. Who was the manager of the year last year, Kaplan? Uh, I believe it was. Yes. Mm, this is a good one. Despite the fall you're picking, Roberts, right? I, I I like my manager of the years to be like like I don't know like I, a Schultz or somebody. I I do too. I and I I do too. But in the in the media in the past has voted. You know, I would like. You know, maybe if we see a team, you know, and, and Mike Schilt not being there anymore, keep in mind he got fired. Um, right. I, I think, you know, St. Louis, the guy who they had take over um, might be a guy. I got to just check, a, check his name because he is young. Like talk about he's like 35, I believe, is their man, new manager. So Poulos and Molina and Wainwright are all older than him. Amazing. But, you know, it's funny. I told my friend when I saw him, I was like, is that Oliver Perez? He's like, no, Perez is still, he looks just like him, like, like a, at least a dad or something. Yeah. Oliver Marmel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Marmel. So he's an Oliver. All right. So Oliver's look like that. So I'll take uh, all right. I'll take a random surprise. Thing. I'll take Girardi. How about that? <laughs> okay. Go with general G. I know, you know, Buck Showalter's one people think might have a good shot with the Mets, but I think with that team, I think, you know, expectations are high already. So um, I, I'm not, not a fan of that pick, but we'll talk ale awards. Um, I'm going to start with you now for these awards, just because I got to think about some here. AL MVP, who you got? I don't think Guerrero is going to have the same year to me. That's a peak here. Um, MVP. I'll go with Aaron judge. 
I'll go. Like I think it. he's gonna the the extension. He's an animal already. I think that's just gonna probably lead to hopefully a similar year to his rookie year. I like it. I like it. Um, people like Otani repeating. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go Luis Robert of the White Sox. I think a big year for him. I'm gonna go bold with that. Uh, Cy Young. I gotta go with Cole. I'm going Gary. Hey, Cole. All, all that stopped lock. him was the hamstring injury. Yeah, so. no, I lock. I think that I think that might be the one award here where I'm like, there's there's no way anyone else wins it. I, I don't like it, it's certainly his award to lose. Like it's just if he does the innings, I think it's gonna be his his award. AL rookie. He had a terrible September. He still almost yeah. basically won yeah. the award. AL rookie of the year. I can't really think of any rookies. Witt, How about you go first? Torkels, uh, I'm gonna go with Bobby Witt Jr. Okay. Um, him or Torkelson are my two guys, but I think Witt stands out for me. I'm thinking if there's like any pitchers, any new Astros players. <laughs> None of the Yankee guys are ready, obviously. Um, all right, you know what? I'll go Adley Rutschman. Okay, I Rutschman. Mean, yeah, but he's hurt from what I okay. saw. Okay, uh, he could still win it. You know, it's a 162 game season, so if he puts. And the big thing with um, I want to mention this quickly. I mentioned before in the episode with O'Neill Cruz. If he does win rookie of the year, they'll grant him that full year of service time. So nice. what they're doing right now is trying to prevent him from gaining a year of service time by starting him down. But if he's able to win rookie of the year, this incentivizes him. He will get that year, I believe, with the new CBA. So that's something to keep in mind. And plus the pre-arbitration bonus pool, these guys are gonna get paid. They're gonna win some nice, they're gonna get some nice, nice bonuses here for winning rookie of the year and for even getting votes. All these votes matter for rookie of the year this year. So um Last one here is manager of the year, and I'll let you go. Hmm. LaRusso is still the manager, right? He is. The the White Sox. Uh, They're never going to give it to my manager. He won 100-something games. All right. You know what? I'll go with the Mariners guy, whoever that manager is. All right. You'll go with him. Um, Let me just get his name up. I... I should. I know his name. I just. It, Dude, I still blanking. think it's Wakamatsu. That's all behind I am. I know he's oh my not the manager anymore. <laughs> oh, it's loading. But I wanted to go. I had AJ Hinch as one of my guys. Like, I, I had three guys I was thinking of. I had Hinch. I had Larusa, like you did. So I had two guys in the AL Central. And then I had the manager of the Mariners. I, I like the manager of the Mariners as well. Of course, it's not loading. But um, they just manage themselves, I guess. And it's still there. It is Scott's ser- service. That's who it is. Wow. Okay. I thought he got, he then got fired. All right. Good for him. He still has his job. Yeah. So we'll go with him of the Mariners. Uh, they're, they're due. They got to make the playoffs. Phillies and them both haven't made the playoffs. They have two of the longest droughts, which might su- surprise you. The Phillies having that drought, but it's been a decade now, I believe, for Philadelphia. So um, we're waiting on them to make it. And yeah, I mean, uh, for baseball, uh, we got to talk about some recent stuff here before we go here. Um, and the news stuff, like we mentioned DeGrom already, uh, he's going to get reevaluated now in a month. He's not going to be thrown for four weeks. Uh, there is, they are not sure what's going on with him basically. And Lewis, what do you think? What do you, what do you think is going to be the verdict with um, DeGrom? Jesus seems just like last year. He did the same thing. He would pitch a couple games. He get hurt. He gets shut down. They don't know what it was. He gets shut down again. He get built up. Then he get hurt again. Seems like it's just repeating. I don't think he's gonna end up uh, opting out as he's so uh, you know. They're so, they're so saying he's earlier. They're saying he still he still is that confident. Uh, the as of these this past week actually is what reports are saying. I disagree. I like what you're saying. 
why, why, why opt out? I mean, the, the liability right now on him is looking fancy baseball wise. He is one of the most controversial um, uh, players right now to pick because you don't know what's going to go on. He's wild card. He's dropped in some leagues and insane mounts and, We'll wait and see with him, of course. Mike up umpires in the ballpark. Now, finally, long overdue. Baseball is way behind, and they finally got it. So they got this one right. Umpires will be mic'd up when they read replay calls, reviews now. So we'll hear what's going on. That's great news. I wonder why that took so long to begin with. But, yeah, better late than never. Better late than never is right. And last one I'm going to tell you about, Friday Night Baseball and Apple TV+. Plus. New thing, fans can tune into two games on Friday nights during the regular season, available only on Apple TV+. Plus, was not paid to read that advertisement, just had to say it like that. But, um, yeah, it, it's something to look out for, a weekly doubleheader. It's got pregame and postgame shows that will be available to fans in eight countries exclusively on Apple TV+. Plus. Once the regular season begins, uh, they announced some of the matchups the first two weeks. I do not have them right now, but just to talk about this, um, we have not heard anything really about the play-by-play situation. I mean, I did some research. I looked around. I didn't see anything, but um, this is going to be interesting because they also have another thing going on. Um, it's going to be a, a show where they talk about um, basically baseball highlights and stuff, and they're going to have that on Apple TV as well. It's going to be MLB beginning. It's called, and it's going to feature highlights and live look-ins airing every weeknight during their season. So, they're trying to, you know, you know, maybe go into the market like MLB Network dominates this. And look, MLB Network's top 100 playoff list. It was gar- or it was garbage. I mean, a lot of the takes that we've seen as of late have not been great for MLBT or MLB Network, I guess. I, sh- I mean, and I don't know. I like this move for Apple TV. I know. I know some people aren't a fan because now you got to watch it somewhere else, you know, because now it's only going to be available only on Apple TV plus they emphasize. So. But that's a bummer, but uh, it's it's looking cool, I think. Yeah, I can see how it's you know going to be annoying for people. But at the end of the day, they're trying to popularize the game. Apple is a powerful brand, and they're doing the right move. They really yep. are. They're going to get this out to more people who probably didn't even know it's going to be on Apple TV. They're going to look at it. They're going to be like, oh, okay, we can watch this here now sometime. So, yeah, I, I don't like see anything it. wrong. And they'll be beginning. It might be. It's just like quick pitch, it sounds like, on MLB Network. Um, I want to see how how well they do. And I'm interested to see who's in the booth. Right. I mean, we saw Jordan Lorenz, my co-host, he, he tweeted at Apple TV. He said, put him in the booth. He wants to be announcing those games. So nice. uh, we'll, we'll see who they who they throw in there. I'm just going to look um, if they released anything, because I, I want to see. But to round this out, they did not. Um, but the first game will be April 8th. It's Max Scherzer's Mets debut against the Nationals. Probably not now. Um, so as of this, because now with the injuries, he's probably started opening day or not at all, but um, Astros at Los Angeles, the Angels, they have that game going on as well. And then April 15th, they got Rays at White Sox, Reds at Dodgers. So, I mean, they have the whole schedule released, so you can go check that out. The Yankees are on it a good bit of times. So, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of Brewers, though, so boo hiss. But uh, to wrap up here, Lewis, I got some trivia to read with you. Are you ready? It's going to be five questions here. You get some. You get options for four of them, not for one of them. And it's it's all baseball related. So you ready? Okay, let's do it. Let's do this. It is about MLB stuff, 2021 mostly. Here it is. How many players hit 40 plus home runs in 2021? A, three, B, five, or C, seven? Go with A. 
A was three, and that is incorrect. It was a B uh. with five, and it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. led the league, Salvador Perez, Otani, Simeon, and Fernando Tatis Jr. still got there as well. Oh, forgot about Tatis. All right. So next one here. Who led the MLB in strikeouts? And this is for pitching. So this was 2021 as well. A, Corbin Burns. B, Garrett Cole. Or C, Robbie Ray. I'm going to go with C. C, ding, ding, ding. That is correct. Robbie Ray with 248 strikeouts led the way. Who led the league in airs is question three. Fernando Tatis Jr. was A, B, Bo Bichette. Or C, Gleyber Torres. Boba Shut. Boba Shut. Ding. That is correct. All right. You are two of three now. Nice. And then I got two Yankee ones here. Who had the most walks on the Yankees? And that's for hitters in 2021. A, DJ LeMahieu, B, Giancarlo Stanton, or C, Aaron Judge? C. Yep. That was correct. Judge with 75 walks in 2021. Last one here. This is a grab bag one. It's you, you better know your 2012 Yankees. Do you know them? Yes, I do. Let's let's go for it. All right. Who led the 2012 Yankees in home runs? Oh, no. Multiple choice. Um, I can give you multiple choice if you want. Do you need it? 2012. Yep. 2012. Got to be A-Rod. I'll give you options here. Okay. That is Not incorrect. A, <laughs> a, Nick Swisher. Right. B, Curtis Granderson. Oh, and Granderson. C, was Alex Rodriguez. So it's Granderson. It was, it is Curtis Granderson. You got it yeah. right there with 43. He loved the way he had 10 more than the next guy. Swisher had 33. So um, he kind of ran, ran away with that. that was his career year. And yeah, um, that kind of wraps up this episode here. So Lewis, thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun talking baseball. Thank you for having me on, man. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Of course. This was, this was great. And yeah, we'll be sure to have you around. We'll come, we'll have you back for, MLB, you know, probably another time. We are looking to start a baseball show here in summer. So, you know, if you ever want to come on, do a quick, brief 30 minute episode, we'll need to, that'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And then we'll, we'll make sure to tag you all in this recording as well. So people can find you there on social media. But yeah, anything else today? No, I'm still thinking about uh, Scott Service being the manager. Those, those <laughs> I can never remember stuff from the Mariners team at, like out of the '90s, man. Once Griffey left, it's just like that. That team is just there, you know. But yeah, they, no, I got I no mean, other like actual news. Yeah, a decade or two decades now of not making the playoffs. Over two decades, so that's got to change. 2001 being the last year. Um, yeah, once so, we beat them that year, they pretty much went into anonymity. They yeah, they are hibernating right now. They've been since 2001. So uh, hopefully they can get out of the hibernation, but. With that, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.